0: all right welcome ladies and gentlemen to the we're having a good time podcast i'm dusty slay and i'm here with my wife and co-host hannah slay we're doing it Uh, this is episode number 65 i want to start saying that because is it 65 or 64 64 64 episode 64. i want to start saying it for editing purposes i do have a plan as i've had for many years to one day release the full videos on youtube so we record the audio and the video separate So I I just went down and up the stairs, and I'm winded. So when we want to go back and edit, it will be nice to have, you know, uh, this stuff all all mapped out. And it's a little easier if I start by saying what episode it is. So obviously this will be confusing because I've set it 65 when (laughs) it's 64. So yeah. Hopefully I listen a little further.
1: But now the audience knows something that they don't really need to
0: know. Well, just in case you've been listening and and suddenly you're like, well, why is he saying the episode number now? Mm-hmm. So now you know. the We've been working on uh, getting the wall, the paintings in here fixed. Uh, it's going to be good. I've had to patch up all. We bought this. I know we've talked about this, but we bought these sticky, you know, things to hang it they call them like wall savers they're like don't nail holes in your wall use this to save your wall but it rips all the paint off the wall i'd rather have a little hole that i could put a little plaster in than to rip all the paint off we
1: should sue them for false
0: advertising we should
1: because they because that product actually did the exact thing that it said it wouldn't do
0: yeah we should sue them not for a lot of money just for the hassle yeah you know
1: absolutely and for the torment of your children and i having to hear loud thumps intermittently throughout the weekend just reminiscent of some kind of sad event yeah you know just bodies dropping
0: absolutely it's like uh when Sometimes we have, a, we have a back sliding glass door. Sometimes birds will ram into that door. It's very sad. I don't know how to stop it. We're getting a screen in porch, by the way, from a listener of the podcast. Uh, we found him. He, um, when we started talking about our neighbor, our, with, that's got a lot going on in their yard, with the balloon string still hanging from the uh, mailbox the and, a, front and a real tore up truck. You know, I was looking at their yard last night. They have a really great looking yard. Like he's done a wonderful job with the lawn. And then he took his little tractor and he went through and he plowed up all the grass, all the weeds, and then he put down new grass seed. The grass looks really great. And his flower arrangement that he did looks really great. Their decorations for fall are really nice. But then he just has this blown up truck (laughs) right in the front yard that I'm like, dude. Just
1: a mangled, gigantic ball of metal. Yeah. Like a transformer.
0: He said he was driving down the road and his front tire blew out and he hit an abandoned car on the side of the interstate. And I guess did not have insurance at the time, so he's fixing it himself. So this is a, I don't know, at the very least, it's a Ford F-250. It's a very big truck. The wheel is taken off of it. It's just got kind of a tarp thrown over it.
1: I gotta say, this man has terrible luck. First of all, he wrecked his other truck like six months ago. And
0: it was a diesel. It might even been a 350.
1: Yeah, he wrecked that truck right after they'd moved in. Um, And then now he's wrecked this truck, and he says he blew out a tire. Now, we were having a low tire on our truck a couple months ago.
0: And we have a Tacoma. It's not small, but it's nowhere near his size truck.
1: Right. But all we had to do was just keep filling up the air until we took it in to get serviced. And when I took it in to get serviced, they told me that there was two nails in our truck um, tire, and he said, but you know, it's very hard to blow out a truck tire. That's what the mechanic told me. It's it's very difficult to completely blow out a truck tire. So when you told me that our neighbor blew out his truck tire on the interstate, slammed into a randomly abandoned vehicle, it's like, what is going like that? He needs he needs Jesus. I mean, he he's got to ask
0: Jesus what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know his religious status. Yeah, but all uh, I'm
1: saying is he's some some something's trailing him. Some kind of bad luck is trailing him.
0: Yeah, well, I'll agree with that. There is some bad luck trailing him. But so the guy that's going to be building our screened-in porch listens to the podcast, and we started talking about the neighbor, and he responded by saying, "I think you have my old neighbor." But when he responded on his like I don't know what you call it, but when you I guess signature on his email, it had something about you know backyard stuff. so I reached out to him about the porch um, but he our neighbor lived next to this guy and they did not have a homeowners association where he lived. So he said it got pretty wild yeah his dog would get loose a lot and oh, yeah see. Uh, when I, when I, on Nate land, when I said that I have a homeowners association, uh, people really went wild. Like they just were so shocked that I would live in a neighborhood with a homeowners association and I've gone through it already, but it's like, I don't even think we knew about the HOA when we moved in here. It's not something we were searching out, but we did. I don't even think we knew to ask that question, but our HOA is pretty chill. They got a little wild for a second on some stuff, but they're pretty chill and, uh, I like it. I like that we got a little organization around here, going, "Hey, guys, lock it up, keep it in check here," because you know I don't necessarily want people telling me what to do, but I do like there being some order and some laws in place that everybody has to follow, so we we're sure to maintain a a good, nice neighborhood.
1: Yeah, and psychologically, sometimes you need a little push to get something done. Like we had that little shutter at the top of our garage, and we always were saying, "Yeah, we need to paint that," but yeah. we just didn't get around to it. Well, guess what? We got a little nudge from the Homeowners Association. Right? We got a little fine. And they were fact.
0: gonna. We didn't get a fine. We got warned of a fine, uh-huh. and they were gonna fine us like fifty bucks. Not the end of the world. And it made me mad at the time. I was like, "This is some BS." Blah 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 blah. But you know what? It motivated us to get it done, and now it's done.
1: And you know what? Having a homeowner's association is sort of perfect because it gives you an outlet to complain. Yeah. Because nobody likes somebody on your butt telling you what to do. And so a homeowner's association is like, cut your grass. And you're like, get off me. And it feels good to just kind of complain like that sometimes. Yeah. Even though you need it, and they're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice. And you know what else they did? Our 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 uh neighborhood was like everybody was selling their houses for big money and t- and they were turning them into rental properties. Mm-hmm. So we got enough signatures of the homeowners in this neighborhood to say that you couldn't do that anymore. So like, like if you're already living here, like we could sell our house and it be a rental property. Or, or no, we could turn our house into a rental house if we want. Because grandfathered in. Yeah, but you can't sell to someone that's just gonna rent it out.
1: Yeah, what is that big uh, corporation? BlackRock?
0: BlackRock. Yeah, they say BlackRock. Some people say BlackRock and Vanguard own the country. Mm-hmm. That they just own everything. And I do think that's what's happening. This is my personal conspiracy about real estate that I'm into right now is that um, people keep talking about the bubble bursting and a housing crash and whatever, but it's like interest rates are really high. Houses are really expensive. This would be the time for things to crash, but I don't think that it is because these corporations can still buy up things. So they're artificially inflating the housing market. So it's like people are selling thinking, I'm going to wait till I'm going to make money now and I'm going to wait till it burst and then I'm going to buy. I think it's never going to burst. I think they're just going to, everything's going to become rental properties.
1: Yeah, because I know I underestimate just how rich the rich are. Yeah. That an expensive overpriced house to me is petty change, pocket yes. change to BlackRock. Yes,
0: absolutely. And they just turned into rental properties. And then it's like, you know, they, a lot of people have used it in conspiracy videos, but it was not a conspiracy that they put out. It was something, I forget exactly what organization it was, but the, the you know, the thing was, a, it's a guy smiling and a caption on there, that says, you will own nothing and be happy. And I do think that's kind of a trend that we're going towards. I mean, uh, didn't you say like uh, your brother says that in China, there's like nobody really owns houses; they all rent. Yeah, and it's like I just think that is where it's kind of going, and and it's like so.
1: Well, there's no private property in China essentially because it's a communist nation.
0: Yeah. So I mean, private ownership. I mean, that's that's where it's at to be able to own something. Although another personal conspiracy of mine is that we don't really own anything because we have to pay property tax and if you don't pay your tax they can take it from you so if they can take it do you really own it
1: i also feel like if you have a mortgage do you really own it
0: well you definitely don't if you have a mortgage that's for sure
1: you don't think of yourself as renting i don't consider myself a renter but right we have a huge mortgage that will take us at this rate years to pay off
0: yeah you're renting from the bank in a way yeah
1: yeah yeah. And I the mean, bank is just making money off the interest. The mortgage
0: is a real trap.
1: Yeah, it is a real trap. But at the same time, if we didn't have a mortgage, the kind of house that we could afford now is, you know, a small dwelling.
0: Yeah, I mean, if um, if you- Everybody's
1: living in a much nicer home than they can actually afford. Everybody's acting like they're all that, but <laughs> we're all living— it. realistically, we can all only afford to live in trailer parks, most of us, the middle class—
0: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, but then again, like, it's like the prices are artificially inflated too. It's like, why do things cost that much, Mm -hmm. you know, with everything? But um, uh, the, yeah, the mortgage is, is a real trap. And it's like, I think the mortgage and student loans is what's made everything so expensive. Like, If you didn't have the bank loaning you money to buy a house, then nobody would be able to buy a house so they would find ways to make it cheaper so you could sell things. The same for college. If student loans didn't exist, then nobody would be going to college, very few people would be going to college so the college itself would have to be cheaper in order to get people to go there.
1: Yeah. It's, I understand it's easier to get a college loan though than a, than a house loan. right? Yeah. I
0: think they just give college loans to anyone. Yeah.
1: If you want to go to school, you can go to school. You you can go ahead and get that bank loan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything's just so upside down and we just live in such a different world than the world 200 years ago because they used to have something in America. 50 years ago. Yeah. But I mean, I'm talking like 19th century, like there used to be something called debtors prison where if you got in debt and you could not pay off your debt you went to prison right wow. away. Now I know that like we have credit scores now but I mean debt was very very much so looked po- down upon. And so you would do everything you could to just never borrow money that you couldn't pay back and um fiat money, paper money was kind of like shunned upon and usually, um, you know, deferred for actual more like gold or palatable things like food. People would trade food and things like that. But now it's where we've been so conditioned that debt is good. Of course, take out a loan for a car, for a couch, for some shoes. Like, you know, people are just like, Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, who cares? It's all so fake and unreal that we're all just living in this hazy little dream world where we don't have any money yet. We have so much stuff.
0: It is true. And credit cards too. It's like I have credit cards now. I never had credit cards until, I don't know, four years ago, maybe. Um, And I just use credit cards to just pay for everything that I would normally buy. And then I pay them off at the end of the month each year. I don't, but it's like, you know, when I was growing up, you know, my sister did it. Um, I think my mom did it. Uh, You know, they would just get credit cards and just use it like it was extra money and then you're just stuck making this payment all the time and you get like behind in credit card debt. Yeah. Credit card debt used to be the thing. Yeah. Now it's student loan debt. It's crazy to me. People will ask me about our kids going to college and I'm like, well, the world, our country is going to be I can't even imagine what our country will be like by the time our kids are old enough to go to college, that it's laughable to me to think about going to college. But even if they were set to go to college right now, I don't think I would send them to college. Now, I'm sure you would not like that, but it's like... I don't think people, unless you're going for something that you know specific, like I always use this as an example, but it's like if you want to go to nursing school, then you're like, all right, I know what I want to do. This is the path I have to take in order to become a nurse. But if you're just going to college to be going to college, what a waste.
1: Yeah, I'm open to, you know, encouraging my kids in, you know, the path that they want to take. If my kid is passionate about something, like they really want to be a biologist or a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, then yeah, I'll say, okay, let's, let's try to get you to college just, you know, and if they show themselves to obviously be smart well before that time, because, you know, you have to be, if you want to do those things, I'm assuming um, then, That's then, debatable, I, then I, guess, I would be days, more motivated, but. but at the same time, if my, I would love my children, both of them to just be swarthy artists yeah, and never go to school and Me just too. be very romantic. Just live and, with
0: us their whole lives. Yeah, too. Live with I'm us. okay. You we can all paint.
1: Yeah. We can just paint
0: and grow flowers and, yeah. and vegetables.
1: We can listen to the grateful dead. Yeah. Um, well, I was saying this the other day, I was like, do you think our kids are going to be weird because their dad's like, you're not a celebrity, but you're, you are like a social media person and whatever that comes to be by the time our children are of age. Like, do you think they're going to be like bratty little, like social media kids? I don't think so. But anyways, I, I, you know, I, I want my kids to do what is practical in their, uh, vocation. So if they want to just go to college because that seems like the thing they should do when they're 18, no, absolutely not. But if they really know what they want to do and they're motivated and I believe them capable, then I would be like, okay.
0: And if you just happen to be a person that listens to this podcast and you're of college age and you're thinking, I don't want to go to college for a reason other than I just want that experience. I want to party then this is what you do. You move to a college town and you get a job at a restaurant.
1: Or you be a bartender.
0: Yeah, you get a job at a restaurant, a waiter, a bartender, and you can have the college experience. I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I live, I grew up right next to Auburn University, so I would go to parties and go to those bars. And then when I moved to Charleston, I was in a college town. Downtown Charleston has College of Charleston. And that's how I met my friend, Evan Burke. Uh, He was going to college and I worked at a restaurant.
1: You had a college experience for 12 years.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: For 12 years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, or you
1: can go traveling. I traveled after high
0: school. Yeah.
1: I went to Ireland and I lived there and I, yeah, Hannah lived in
0: Ireland for a year.
1: Yeah, I did. And I mean, so much so that I forgot I was from Canada and I was just this lost little girl partying it up with, you know, Australians who were decades older than me. And I, and I got a lot, I got into a lot of dangerous situations, but I recommend it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's exciting. I mean, you know.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, though. When I came home, I was about twenty, twenty-one. I was ready to, you know, wing my life on being an actress. But all that is to say, I made a decision. I, I was kind of got my partying out of me.
0: Well, what did you do? Like when you were 21 yeah. back in Toronto? yeah. Um, and you were destined to be an actress, what did you do? Well, first of all, I decided to come home because I was just... Peterborough.
1: Yeah, home to yeah, home to Peterborough. Well, I knew I wanted... To, I basically felt like I was in Ireland. I was like, dude, I got to start my life. I just felt like I was very kind of wandering, and I was ready to just kind of start my life. So I knew I needed to go home, and I figured school had something to do with it, but I really wasn't sure. I thought I wanted to be a journalist. So I actually applied to journalism school, and I got into journalism school at Ryerson in Toronto. Um, but in the, in the time that I got into journalism school... Before I started, I suddenly had a a premonition that I wanted to be an actress. I was riding the bus in Peterborough on my way to work at Red Lobster, and I had this premonition that I wanted to be an actress. And so I started taking uh, acting class. I would take the bus to Toronto and take like these just individual acting classes in Toronto. And those were my first few visits in Toronto. And then I had a couple girlfriends who I went to high school with who were also moving to Toronto to go to school. So we... Uh, so then I applied for acting school in Toronto at Humber and I got into Humber. And so I went to school for acting in Humber and we all moved to Toronto together.
0: And how long did it take before you were on a TV show?
1: Um, Yeah, so I Humber was two years and then I graduated and then within a year I booked that show.
0: What was the show? It was
1: called That's So Weird. It was a kid's television show on YTV, three seasons, one Canadian comedy award. (laughs) No big deal.
0: That's fun, though.
1: Yeah, it was fun. It was probably my best gig that I ever got the whole time I was an actress.
0: And then you did something after that, too, right? You did a... uh, Yeah,
1: Yeah, so I did that show for a couple years, and then, you know, I started doing comedy around that time. And, you know, I would book commercials and little uh, TV spots here and there. I worked for Second City. But then I started working on another television show, um, which was sort of a prank reality show called Meet the Family. And that was two seasons. And then on the second season... I also was a writer. All right. And during that time that I was working on Meet the Family, I met you.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. In New York City.
1: Yeah. We were on break in between first and second season, and I had met you in in New York. And so, actually, I moved to New York after meeting you because you lied to me and said you were going to move to New York. I didn't
0: lie, but I, it, some things happened. Yeah.
1: Well, anyways, you convinced this innocent little Canadian girl to move to New York city without That's any immigration papers innocent.
0: and I moved to New
1: York for you. And then you just didn't show up. You're like, Oh, I'm going to go to Nashville. And I'm like, okay, well I'll talk to you never. And so I moved to New York for like three months and it didn't work out for me. So I went back home to Toronto and Luckily for me, the television show actually got picked up again. So I actually had more work to do when I got back anyway.
0: Yeah, it worked out. It
1: did work out. But, but I, you know, I don't forget, Dusty. Well, I don't the forget thing, what you did. Yeah,
0: no, you like to remind me of it. But you know the thing that happened to me was I got back to Nashville, or I got back to Charleston after being in New York, and I was ready to go, right? But before I went to New York the first time, I had uh, begin to talk to a comedy manager. Our first, my first conversation with this comedy manager was after I got to New York City that I, cause I went to New York City for one month just to hang out, see the scene. And I, I talked to this guy, he hooked me up with a comic named Keith Albertstadt and Keith, I went to see with you uh, at- um, Comedy Cellar. Comedy Cellar. And it was great. I was just really taken in by the city. And I was so pumped. And I was like, when I got home, I was like, all right, I want to move to New York City. And then I called and I talked to this manager, you know, and I did this thing that I like to do. I prayed, right? And I, I like to pray this way. I, I I wanted God to really give me some answers. So I prayed and I said, God, I am going to move to New York City, to pursue comedy if I shouldn't go there I need you to stop me that's what I said and I prayed that and I meant it and then later a little while later a couple of days maybe even later that day I talked to that same manager guy and he basically said you know he said that you know there's really a couple of paths you could go and I don't know if he knows what he's talking about but it resonated with me in that time he's like you can move to New York City pursue being a comedian while working a part-time job paying a lot of rent and being tired at the open mics after working your job or you could move to a city like Nashville where there's comedy clubs all around you in different cities. You can drive all over the country to so many clubs from Nashville, and you can become a full-time comic pretty early and pursue becoming a comedian while being a comedian. And while that made so much sense to me, it was very upsetting because I really wanted to move to New York City. And so I later that day, I called Keith and I talked to him and he goes, he goes, you can do whatever you want to. You don't have to do that path. But then he talked to me about it because that's what Keith did in the beginning was the path that I did. And I just was like, this path makes so much sense to me. So I did talk to you and you, you shunned me and of course, and then I booked a trip uh, of, of open mics I did comedy clubs and I booked open mics. I did Atlanta, Nashville, I think Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, and Charlotte, North Carolina, but I, a bunch of them in, oh, in Birmingham. And I made a loop, did the open mics at the clubs. Uh, I loved Nashville. I fell in love with Nashville during that time. And then in Charlotte, I won a competition where I would later get booked for my first feature weekend ever. And... The path really worked out, and then I ended up married to you in the end.
1: Yeah, and during that time, you know, when you're on this path, doing open mics, making your way to Nashville, I didn't know anything about it because I had blocked you on all social media, deleted you, wanted nothing to do with you. I didn't care what you were going through because you know what? I got pneumonia in New York City while I was waiting for you to come uh, date me, and um, I got the sickest I'd ever been. I started losing my hair, went back to Toronto half bald. You did that
0: to me. I'm glad I didn't see it. That could have changed things. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: yeah. And, you know, I had a rough time. I was lovesick, and you were like, "I gotta do mics in Nashville,"
0: and I'm like, "Well, screw you." Well, I have to pursue becoming my first,
1: my first time ever meeting a southern guy, and that's the impression you
0: gave me. Well, just abandonment. I was like, "Yeah," but you you saw it as abandonment. What I saw is I have to do what I have to do to later provide for our family.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: And here we are.
1: Yeah. Well, sure, Dusty, but I don't forget.
0: Well, here we what, are though.
1: I know what you're capable of.
0: Yeah, providing for our family. Yeah, providing a
1: lovely home
0: and two children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can go to Target whenever I like. And um so it all worked out, but it's like, uh so so you went back and, and you had a couple of seasons, but you so and then in uh two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Or
1: so, uh, so, so during that time that I had rejected you since you had, that was
0: 2013. Me, yeah, yeah, we
1: met in 2013. And then in that between 2013 and 2014, you know, again, I got a premonition. I got to finally get my driver's license because <laughs> I'm 29 and I need to get my driver's license. Cause I knew I was trying to make a move to Los Angeles And I knew I needed a car. This is kind of at the cusp of Uber. But at that point, probably not even any Ubers around. So I got my driver's license. And then a couple months after that, you come knocking on my door this American who's been hitting me up, emailing me for two years. I didn't but even But not over the
0: top. Let's well, not act like it was over the top. It be, was.
1: It was very American. It would I be remember,
0: sporadic emails here and there.
1: Every time you'd email me, I didn't even think that you were hollering at me. I thought you were just a classic American trying to promote your comedy, get some views, like, oh, I'm on Last Comic Standing. Like I just thought you were like a hustler, and I was like, Okay, so he's just really like doing his thing, trying to get people to watch his stuff, and then you were you wanted to come see me, and and I thought using me for shows, this guy is just unapologetic, just relentless.
0: Yeah, but I was, you know, I was on uh, a, a a tour, you know, I did Syracuse, New York, where I just was. Yeah. Opening for Michael Winslow from Police Academy.
1: I tell you what, as hard as I'm making it sound like I was, I came with you in two seconds.
0: Yeah. And then I (laughs) came up to Toronto. We drove up to Peterborough. It's like,
1: get me out of this cold
0: country. And then we went to Michigan uh, to do some funny business gigs. We did. Spring Lake. Spring Lake, Michigan, and then Merrillville, Indiana. Little
1: did I know I would do those gigs several times myself.
0: Merrillville, Indiana, and then I brought you down to Nashville. We went around Broadway a little bit, and then the next weekend, we drove to Kansas City where I opened for Aerie Spears, and then you flew out of Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I was so done with Canada. I was so tired of living in Toronto. Yeah. I had quiet quit Toronto about two years previously. Yeah. But that's a good time. Yeah, it, it was, was good fun. Time. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I always I tell people when people ask me, what's it like being married to Dusty? I'm like, well, first of all, I was more famous in Canada than Dusty when we first met. And I was a bit of his sugar mama when we started out. So don't get it twisted. That's how I talk too. I've got a kind of fake Southern accent. Well,
0: you, you, I don't, I, I wouldn't say you were my sugar mama, but you had. No, your, I'd say it though. You, you had your own money to support yourself, mm-hmm. which uh, was necessary at the time. We were living in the rat house and. I I couldn't pay your rent.
1: I know. And I was trying to think like there was never a a moment in time where you just started to pay for everything.
0: Well, there was.
1: Well, there was. But I I can't remember. It just happened sort of naturally. Like, did it just happen when we got married or did it happen before? Or because at some point you started paying for everything. Well, at, at another point. I, I just don't remember, like, there ever being a discussion.
0: I think when we got married, it started to happen more and more, but you were still working. So yeah. up until oh, that's true. 2018, when we were living in West 46th, that's when you decided to quit comedy. And so that's when, you
1: 2019.
0: know. two thousand nineteen Was it 2019? Yeah, I
1: 2019. I think it was 18. No, no,
0: 2019. 19. Okay. Well, that's when you quit comedy, and that's when... You know, you got another job, but that was a pretty low paying job. Yeah. I
1: don't even know my code for my debit card. Yeah. I had to call you the other day and be like, how do you work this thing? Sugar daddy.
0: Yeah. That's got real pain in it. though. Oh, be sorry. careful with that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, you know, last yeah, sorry night. Sorry
1: to give you such a hard time because I do appreciate you um, well, speak- making so much money from me.
0: Well speaking of all that, that's all very funny. Um, but I got um last night I was I drove. we have a we have a Toyota Tacoma and we have a Toyota Corolla. And uh I was hanging outside of the club, leaned up against the Corolla, hanging out with people, and this other comic goes, Is that your car? <laughs> and I go, Yeah. And he seems so disappointed. He's like, I don't believe that's your car. And I go, yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, we got a really
0: crappy looking <laughs> <Yeah>. car. <laughs> I think he was so disappointed because he's like, he's like, how long you been doing comedy? You know, and I'm like 15 years. And I think he's like, "Jeez, is there no money in comedy or what? I know. But I just don't, I told him, I said, I just don't care about cars. I said I used to care about them, but I really just don't care about cars. But
1: at one point if your car is crushing other people's dreams, yeah, maybe it's time for you to level up.
0: Well, I like, you know, I like the Tacoma and I'm very excited about it. I do I would like to cuz we're living we're right now it's kind of like I feel like none of the cars are our cars. They're just they're both ours, you know. It's like um But
1: I almost exclusively just drive the truck now because it only has, it's the only one that has both cars, kid seats in it.
0: But I want to get you something and then be like, this is your car and then the truck is mine. I'd like that separation again because this is what happened to us. We had, when we started dating, Hannah had a, I think, 2016 Honda Civic. A nice car. Very nice car. And I had my Volvo, which I loved. It, Still may be the favorite car I've ever owned. And I hated it. I love that car, right? So Hannah hit a deer and totaled her Honda Civic. And so we went to, and I had been, you know, and I've talked about this before, but I bought the Volvo. I saved up money and I was able to buy this used Volvo with a hundred thousand miles on it. I was able to buy it cash because I had saved up money. So The moment I bought that Volvo, I started to save money for my next car, and I got a lot more mileage out of the Volvo than I thought, so my stash got pretty heavy, and when Hannah crashed the Civic, she got a pretty good paycheck from that, from insurance, so we went to the Toyota dealership to get her a new car because we wanted to just buy the car, I, don't, I try my best to save up money so that I don't have a car payment. Car payments are killers. They're financially killers, which is why I'm not in a hurry to get rid of the Corolla. I would rather keep saving money and be able to just buy a car outright rather than uh, get caught up in more payments, uh, payments and, and, more and look debt. at and some kind of status and this and that. I'm not about it. I don't care about it. I don't, I don't want to say I'm above it, but I'm trying to be above it like after the guy said that to me i did think oh man i do need a new car but i don't need a new car i do
1: think people expect you to have a better car because that as you're about to tell like that that car has been through a lot at this yeah because those were our road cars
0: right so we go up to the dealership and we're looking to get hannah a car The equivalent in a Toyota, which at the time I thought a a Toyota Corolla is the equivalent to a Honda Civic, but it is not. No, sir. It's a very dependable car. We've had zero problems with it, but it is not the same. Mm -mm. But I looked out the window where I was sitting and I could see underneath the Volvo. The way the parking lot was laid out, I could see directly underneath the Volvo and there was several things leaking. (laughs) I mean, there were leaks all over that thing and I thought, you know what? I said, what kind of deal could you give me if we did two cars? we bought two cars today because i had been saving up money to buy my car hannah had an insurance check and they were going to give me they gave me a decent trade-in for the volvo which i'm sure they just sent to the metal shop and had it crushed
1: gave it to our neighbor chris to sit on his lawn yeah
0: but so we ended up buying a camry and a corolla that day and we've since traded in the camry for the uh tacoma um but
1: But we had the Corolla and the Camry, and this is when both you and I were still heavily working the road, driving to our gigs. So we wanted just little zipper cars that we could drive to any bohunk in town that wouldn't look too flashy, so you don't want any car break-ins. You want a dependable car. You want to be able to spill coffee in it. We didn't have children, you know, we yeah. just had two sedans.
0: And so the the thinking then was, well, Hannah would drive the Corolla and I would drive the Camry because those were the most equivalent to what we had. But it turned out not to be that way. The Camry was the nicer car, which is why we traded it in first, because we were like, because still I was like, well, we'll get one nice car. And then I can drive the Corolla to gigs if I need to. The
1: big issue with those two cars, too, is eventually we moved into an apartment building with very small, tight parking spaces in a parking garage. And dang, if they weren't getting dinged up by pylons and other car doors. So there's tons of dents and scratches. They got beat up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They got beat up. So now
1: we have this Corolla, this black Corolla. Um, which is not anything to look like. The inside is a disaster.
0: The fabric is so bad in that car. You could spill water on the seat and it looks like you spilled coffee.
1: It's a disaster. It, it is a disaster. It looks like we have 10 dogs that yeah. live in that car. And in truth, we have zero dogs.
0: Yeah, never want one.
1: No, but that is funny because I can see how somebody could see your Corolla and think, oh, I thought he was more successful Yeah. <laughs> than that.
0: But I just don't get into that. I would rather buy, especially with what we were talking about in the beginning, I would rather buy property and things like that than spend my money on vanity because that's what cars are. Well,
1: that's how I feel too. I'd rather put money into something that's going to increase in value than to buy a vehicle that immediately decreases in value. I mean, vehicles truly are just vanity. I mean, it's, you know, people have nice cars, but then live in small to pretty, um, Humble abodes, you yeah. know, because they just want to be driving around in nice wheels. And I'm not hating. There's no shame in the game. But uh, financially uh, and long term, I'd rather just drive around, get from A to B, and be like, that's all I need out of this thing. It's I have, all it is is a transportation vehicle.
0: I have this story I know I've told on the podcast, and nobody ever finds it as funny as I do. But my friend was telling me about his sister. He said his sister bought a very expensive car. He said the payments were too much for her. She got behind in her payments, and then she had a car accident and totaled the car. Everybody was fine, and she got enough insurance money to get her out of that situation, and she was free and clear from this car, and my My buddy was like celebrating for her because he was like, you're free from this. You were in such a tight spot and now you're free. And she took the little money that she made off that insurance situation and bought an even more expensive car. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, my goodness. It's like cars, I do not care about them at all. But that being said, I would like to get us somewhat of an SUV, Because we could put, we got two kids now. The Tacoma is so cramped with the car seat in there. And then we- Trucks are not made for kids. Yeah. And then it's like, we got the bed. We would have to get some kind of shell over the back of the bed, which I really don't want. Because when it's like, if we want to take a trip and it's raining, well, we call off the trip. Because we got nowhere to put our bags because they have to go in the bed. Yeah. So a little bit of an SUV. We're looking at maybe a Toyota 4Runner. Uh, I like that. Uh,
1: You know, it's just such a slippery slope. I feel like if we decide that we're going to have two nice vehicles and I mean, but neither
0: of those are too nice. Right, right,
1: right. But if we just decide we need one image wise, I just think it's a slippery slope for me. I mean, if you keep, if you keep doing well, let's say, let's, let's just say you keep doing well, Right. All of a sudden, if you're taking me around to parties, I'm going to I'm gonna have to just look like rich wives. I'm going to have to get Botox and filler and Absolutely fake not. boobs Absolutely and luxury not. brand bags and heels. And no. I'm going to need a Suburban because I've got to keep up. I don't want to walk into an open mic with you and they say, is that your wife? Oh, that's too bad. I thought... You were doing better than that.
0: Well, you're very attractive. It's like... The, no,
1: but I mean, the older I get, if I don't start to get the things that rich women get, it's like they're going to be like...
0: <laughs> this is ridiculous. Dusty's not treating her well. This is ridiculous. We, um, yeah, we'll make sure you have nice clothing, but uh, all the other things, that's ridiculous. I'd like
1: some plastic in my face.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'd
1: like some plastic in my face.
0: Absolutely not. We, we just will get two moderately nice cars, and we live our lives as uh normal people
1: i'd like to have the biggest butt that i could possibly have i'd like two balloons in my cheeks well start eating
0: you know what i mean, <laughs> I mean get on it <laughs> all right i mean that's attainable without plastic surgery yeah Just... but the
1: waist gets big with it that's the problem well, That's why you need the injectables. Well, you
0: want proportions. You Listen, want, I'm
1: just saying, if you plan on being more successful, you, you better plan on me looking um, I, like I live I in I don't Hollywood.
0: plan on being more successful. I just well, good, like I, I'm
1: about to get wrinkly.
0: I just like to sell more tickets than I did in Syracuse this past weekend. That's <laughs> yeah. all I'd like. Yeah. You know what? I like Syracuse, and I had a great time. That's where I just went. I went to the Syracuse Funny Bone. I have a great time there. There's people that come to see me every year when I come there, and I... I like it. My audience is not growing in Syracuse, but I like going there and I will continue to go there because I am determined to sell out that club, all my shows, all weekend. That's where I'm at with it. That's a beautiful goal. I am determined that I'm going to get the people of Syracuse on board with what I'm doing uh, I got jokes about throwing up in my car now, and I'm ready to for them to hear it.
1: I think they want to hear it. They don't know what they're missing.
0: I, I agree, but you know what? The location that's the that this is at. It's in a very nice mall. I like the mall, but apparently there's been a lot of shootings in the mall, and I think that's what's hurting the club. And and I can't say the club is hurting. For all I know, every other comic sells out. I don't know, but it seems like that every year for me that my audience is really not growing there. And I think it's people are afraid of the mall. People even told me that at the show. They were like, we, we were coming to see you and we were like, dang, they go, there's a movie theater in this mall. And they're like, we go all the way across town to a different movie theater oh. because this one, there's been so much going on at this mall. And it's unfortunate, but I feel like that's happening so much in the country where it's like, we need to amp up security around here and really nip it in the bud here
1: I know I don't go to church because I'm afraid of a mass shooting.
0: Well, I think that's pretty silly. But uh, Is it silly? There's reasons I don't go to churches, but it's not because I feel like there's going to be a mass shooting in there.
1: I do. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I pray before I go to the grocery store.
0: Well, I don't, Hey,
1: we shouldn't, I'm not making these things up unless the news is making it up. It's happening.
0: We should pray before all things. So I'm not against that. I want you to pray before you go to the grocery store and I want you to be vigilant out there. Everybody should be vigilant out there. Stuff happens. I was reading uh, uh, a comic. I forget her name. I still follow her on Instagram, but she shared a thing in Knoxville uh, that a girl Almost got kidnapped. People tried to drag her into a van, and luckily the security guard in the garage was there and was able to stop that. I mean, that kind of stuff's happening. People act like it's not happening. It is happening. You should be very vigilant out here.
1: Absolutely, and I feel especially vulnerable when I have just the kids, especially when I'm getting them in and out of the car, you know because i'm my back's turned and i'm lifting children and i'm obviously vulnerable that i'm just with these kids
0: and yeah yeah i mean it is
1: although i think i carry myself in a way that people don't want to mess with me
0: yeah but always keep your eyes open and don't be afraid to um, you know avoid a situation mm-hmm. i mean I've, I've i've been walking down the street many times and been like and like especially in other cities Where I'm like, somebody will be coming towards me on the sidewalk. And I'm like, I don't want to cross the street and look weird here crossing the street. But you know what? I also don't want to get spit in the face by a crazy homeless guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and cross. Yeah, And I'm sorry if it hurts that guy's feelings. But you got to look less crazy out here.
1: Choose safety over politeness.
0: Yes, absolutely. You have to. That's a good message for everyone. I mean... People are always acting like nothing can happen to them, but stuff happens all the time, mm-hmm. all the time.
1: Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you what, you know, I don't know how something didn't happen to me, unfortunate. When I was running around in Ireland in the early days in Toronto, I was walking those streets by myself, usually drunk and at night. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think it does go back to I think I look a little tough, but realistically, I don't look tough at all. But God was protecting you. Well, that's what I'm saying is I think God was protecting me. But there's many women that have obviously not been as fortunate. And, um, uh, yeah, I would not do any of those things now. Oh, matter of fact, when I first moved to America, um, I was at a show. And this woman, Maria Tucker, we were about to leave. And she goes, well, let me walk you to your car. And I said, it was just right over there. She's like, where? I'm like, I don't know, half block. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she goes, honey, you're in America now. And she gave me, she gave me some mace. Yeah, she gave me mace, and I said, geez. And literally, it was like, uh, very, very close. Yeah. But everybody was like, "Of course, you're not walking to your car by yourself at eight o'clock." Like they looked at me as if that was insane. But I've been doing that my entire adult life. Yeah. People, I mean, yeah, I you mean, were
0: braver than me in New in New York I, City well, when we were there together. I.
1: Yes. Well. I think, obviously, part of it is being naive, but also, America's much more dangerous, and it's not as much of a walking culture. Now, walking culture in New York, but not in Nashville, so even the idea that you would even walk a little bit, people are like, why? Why didn't you park closer? But in Toronto, obviously, I did not even have a license. I was walking all over those streets by myself, drunk. Got home every time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a dude, but, you know, you, dudes can still get robbed, but I've, uh, oh, man, I've walked home drunk.
1: Now, I've heard Toronto is not the same now. I've heard it's actually a lot more dangerous. Um, and I wouldn't do those things now because now that I'm older, I know things about the world and about people and bad situations that I don't know if I didn't know when I was young, but I guess I just assumed it was fine. I just you just think you're a little fearless. You're a little bit yeah. more fearless.
0: Well, we got some emails. Um I don't know where we're at on time here.
1: Yeah, we have about fifteen minutes to an hour.
0: We got uh we got several um responses to our um Bible question there, but there was another one we also got several uh responses to our our um um Snout. Yeah, I'm trying to find the one about, and I don't know. It's better if people just send it to my email, but sometimes they will send it to, and that's Slaycomedy at gmail.com. But sometimes they'll send it to uh, Instagram and then I lose it. Um, And I did lose this one. I don't know where it's at, but I can just tell you. A guy... Said that um, he had some mice, or rats, as pets. And he was in high school, I think. And he wanted his girlfriend to see those mice. I really want to find the email.
1: You texted it to me. If you go through your text with me. Oh,
0: did I? Oh, okay, great. All right, let's see. Maybe you could say some things while I...
1: Yeah, well, this has been a fun podcast for me because it's a morning podcast and I'm very caffeinated. So I've got a little bit more energy than I normally have.
0: I found it. All right. Uh, And I don't have the name here, but thank you for sending this. Dude, hope you're doing good. Hope you come back to Indianapolis soon. I love Indianapolis. I like going there. Yeah, I'm very sad that Crackers has taken the turn that it's taken. That club was really great and I love going there. All right, here we go. I just listened to the new pod. And I have a shockingly similar story about the rat snout. Ha ha. When I was 17, I had a pair of pet rats, a male and a female, and they lived together for over a year and really got along. They were great pets and super smart animals. Well, I get done with school one day and want to bring my brand new girlfriend to my house to chill and introduce her to my pet rats. We walk into my room and there is one rat and a snout with one eyeball attached. He freaking ate his lady friend. My girlfriend was literally horrified, screaming at the tops of her lungs, and she thought it was a sick joke. However, it sadly was not. He literally ate his roommate. I looked up info about this phenomenon, and uh, it's somewhat common. Anywho, there you go. Uh, Well, that's gross.
1: Yeah, and that's what I said. I said, when that snout turned up outside our cabin, I said, another rat did that to that rat because that's the only vermin that would do that.
0: But a lot of people have messaged saying that they think it was a hawk um, that did it. And then uh, another person recently, I hope they emailed and said... um, Um. well I don't see it but they said they thought it was an owl they said one night they were hearing some noises they looked up on the roof and saw a giant bird and this giant bird flew away and they found like possum guts laying around out there
1: but we didn't find guts
0: there was a little bit of guts out there
1: oh there was a
0: little bit it looked like a grub worm sort of hmm and there was a little bit of fur out there, but it was mainly just the snout.
1: Now, listen, I am not a prophetess. I, I don't know a lot of things. So I cannot say for sure this is speculation, but my gut is telling me that a rat ate another rat and left that snout to haunt us.
0: See, I just, I mean, I like your passion for it. But I just don't see a rat eating another rat just out in the wild like that. Maybe in a city or in a cage, but just out in our driveway, I just don't see a rat running down another rat and eating it out there. I think it's more likely that a hawk was flying over with it and dropped a piece of it.
1: Here's the, here's the problem with your theory about birds. We know we don't have a lot of birds at the land, at the cabin. So all of a sudden we got an owl and a hawk. We can't even get a dang finch.
0: We don't have a lot of birds, you're right about that.
1: No, but what we do have is a house with probably little remnants of food around. And you know those little rats will come sniffing around there. But
0: I've seen no rats. No. So for that matter, I've seen some birds. Yeah. I've seen no rats. And we know, I've seen mice around our house, which was a weird time in our life. Not in the house, but outside.
1: Yeah. I mean, I believe it was a rat. Um, They live with anxiety. They live in terror. They'll tear each other apart. They are disgusting, hideous creatures. And like I said, you can't you cannot put common sense on rat chaos. They will tear each other apart and leave you
0: to pick up the pieces. Well, I agree with that. They are in chaos and you can't trust a rat.
1: No, you cannot
0: trust There's a rat. There's a reason why they call someone who snitches a rat mm-hmm. because they can't be trusted. They're dirty. They're dirty.
1: They're dirty, untrustworthy.
0: But I had a great time in Syracuse. I want to finish that. I had a great time in Syracuse. A um, uh, little bit sketchy of a, of a city, I think. I walked down to this place called Dinosaur Barbecue from my hotel. It's about a 20-minute walk. And then after that, I wanted to walk to a shop downtown and I asked my waitress, I go, hey, I said, it's a weird question, but I'm not from around here. Uh, Am I okay to walk here? She goes, yeah, you would be all right. She goes, "Uh, I wouldn't do it at night, but you'll be all right. And it was sketchy. It's just like, when I say sketchy, I just mean it's nobody else is walking around out there and all the buildings are like crumbling. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And in answer to your question, I would say, no, it's not safe to walk around. If you can't go at, through a place at night, I would say it's unsafe.
0: Yeah. But I was fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they smelled that Corolla on you. Yeah. They knew, this guy ain't got no money.
0: Well, I enjoy that. I enjoy looking a little bit homeless out there walking around and people don't really bother you. Yeah. You know, if you're mm-hmm. looking... If you're wearing a suit out here, mm. people want to, you know, they want to get at your wallet.
1: Yeah, you're real American, but I do think a part of being American, which is not what you're like, is looking better than you actually have. Like a whole, the whole thing is the status and the and the style of looking like you got money, but you don't actually have money. I mean, there's videos on YouTube of like how to dress like you're rich, like just, but really you're just thrifting at Goodwill trying to get those brand names.
0: Well, this song right here is what it's all about. As the maid poured wine and we prepared to dine, I knew I was feeling out of place. at a table as large as a river bar, and I love you written all on your face. I appreciate your hospitality, but I wish that we would go. Let me drive us to McDonald's and I'll talk to you. Concerned something you should really know. I'm just a common man, drive a common van. My dog ain't got a pedigree. If I my say, gonna stay that way, crowd lose their and a common man is what i be. That's what it's all about. That guy's got a country sounding voice. I'm just a common man, I drive a common van. Yeah. That's John Conley. Mm. I met John Conley several times at the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. I have a picture of John Conley that I'm about to hang on the wall. Yeah, you're just a common man. I drive a common van. My dog ain't got a pedigree. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The only flaw in that song, and this is an older song, but the only flaw in that first verse is he says, they're at a really nice restaurant. He said, let me drive us to McDonald's and I'll talk to you. And I think what he's just trying to say is I prefer a simple restaurant.
1: Yeah. What would your fast food restaurant be? Maybe Steak Shack?
0: No, no. I mean, I thought you
1: liked that. You're telling me we should go there someday. What
0: is it? What? Is it? Yeah, Steak yeah. Shack? The Shake Shack. Shake Shack. It is good. They do have good burgers at Shake Shack. Yeah, it is good. I had it at the airport, and I was like, dang, this is actually really good.
1: Well, you've been telling me since we met that you're going to take me to Crystals, but that's never happened.
0: Well, I, I told you that I wanted you to not be pregnant or breastfeeding. <laughs> 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 yeah. Once that's done, we'll go yeah. to Crystal. Dang, I've been doing that for four years. Yeah. I don't want you passing that stuff on to the kids. Yeah. But Crystal, I mean, growing up and during the drinking time, Crystal's was really great. Um, really great.
1: Yeah. I, f- I feel like, sadly, I missed peak fast food America.
0: When I was in high school, we were all I, I, we were all drinking a little bit, I think. I don't know. I didn't drink or drive a lot a- after high school. This was shortly after high school, so I don't know. We were on drugs, maybe. But uh I went to a Crystal's with a girl that I was kind of dating at the time, and she starts yelling out at the Crystal worker through the drive through And I was like, oh, no. And I just drove off. I was like, you're not going to yell at the fast food worker and then expect me to eat the food. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think... I'd like to think that I was just looking out for the worker and being like, you can't talk to people like that. But deep down, it was just like, you're not going to get my food spit in here. I don't know why you have this boldness and this trust that you can just talk down to people at a fast food restaurant and expect that they're not about to spit and put pubes in your food. I mean, because they're going to.
1: I like that, though. That sounds like a real American woman to me. Like, that's something I would never do. And I've probably never even witnessed someone do that. Yeah. But that sounds real Americana, that kind of attitude. Yeah. That's that's nice. I like that
0: anecdote. I don't mind the attitude either. Yeah. Because I'm sure they were being rude to us yeah. through the drive-thru. But it's like, you just have to understand that people are handling your food.
1: Yeah. But she's thinking in her head, oh, hell no. You ain't gonna mess up my Crystal's burger.
0: Exactly. I'm from Opelika. Yeah.
1: Roll Tide, baby. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well all that's right. true
1: well it's 57 minutes but our child is really upset downstairs
0: oh, okay i didn't realize that yeah, well I'd i just like heard it. him and i don't know how long well if you want on. you can go check on him and yeah. i'll just answer this these these questions that we got here all right peace all right thank you hannah Well, I just wanted to. Last week I asked about uh, the uh, Cain and Abel and what Cain was going through. And I went back and I, because I had just thought of it and I had not recently read the verse. And a lot of people sent um, messages about it. So I don't know if that I'll read all the messages, uh, but I just, I feel like what I've got, and some have sent me podcasts that I've not been able to listen to. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. And. Uh, I mainly do when I'm flying. Uh, So um, I may check those out this weekend. Oh, I'm going to Columbus, Ohio this weekend to the Columbus Funny Bone. So come there. I love going to that club. I also go there every year. Um, You know, come see those. Last year, they were all sold out. Uh, That'd be great if that happened again. Um, I had a great time there. So I hope people do come. Um, But... um, So I'll probably listen to some of those podcasts on the way there, but the best explanation. Now, some of this, I realize people don't believe this. uh, So that's okay, but just get into it. If you don't believe in the Bible, but just get into it like it's a fantasy novel and we'll talk about it that way. I believe it. I don't believe it's a fantasy novel, but if you do, you can just enjoy it from this, that standpoint. It's, you know, it's a Lord of the Rings tale to you. Um, But you know, uh, uh, in the Bible, Adam lived to be 900 years old, which I believe this, right? I believe that there was a, as the way the Bible describes it during that time, there was, the, the earth was in a perfect state of being. And even scientifically, they can look back and see that there was more oxygen at the, in the air during this time than there is now. Michael Jackson had this auctionator tank that he claimed he was going to live forever. Now, I think he was probably killed by his doctor. I think that's even confirmed. So we don't know if that was going to work or not. But I've heard stories of they had these tanks where they can just pump in pure oxygen. I heard a story about a girl who uh, her whole leg had been frostbitten and they were going to amputate the leg but there was one doctor who was like well before we amputate it let's just try this and they put her in that tank and the oxygen restored her leg and she only lost like two toes Um, so I can't confirm any of these things these are just things people say Uh, and most people can't confirm anything either we're all just hearing stuff Um, but But, you know, they say that, you know, there was more oxygen in the air so if there's more oxygen and then the food is better they also say that our fruits and our vegetables used to be way more nutritious than they are now like it would take like four or five apples you would have to eat four or five apples to get the amount of nutrition that you used to get from one apple so we've lost a lot of our nutrition we've lost a lot of our oxygen so we're not going to live as long now I realize that there was you know a time period probably a hundred years ago, 200 years ago where people were not living very long. but you know I think things can go up and down where conditions were worse uh, for whatever reason and there were disease and uh, and who knows if that's even true. but um, so Adam was living to be 900 years, which is my theory behind dinosaurs, right I believe that there are uh, reptiles on earth to this day, That as long as they're alive, they never stop growing. That's why you see these giant alligators and these giant turtles. As long as they're alive, they never stop growing. So if an alligator lives to be 900 years old, I mean, that's a dinosaur. I mean, that thing is huge. So that's kind of my theory on that. But so Adam lived to be 900 years old. It says that he was 130 years old when Seth was born. Cain and Abel came before Seth um uh uh and but it doesn't say they had other children but it doesn't say they didn't have other children now you could imagine you're adam you're eve you're created by the hand of god you must be perfect beings and they i imagine they would be incredibly physically attractive i just can't imagine that uh god would make the very first two people on earth and they just not be incredibly attractive and there was no tv there was no internet and they were not even books to read they must not had a lot going on and in the beginning they didn't even they lived in the garden of eden they didn't even have to till the ground so i mean they were probably getting at it, you can imagine. So they had kids. I don't know that Cain and Abel were even the first. I think Cain and Abel were highlighted because Abel was going to be the line that Jesus would eventually come from. That's my thoughts, right? Uh, and it's shared by other people. And so Cain killed Abel. So that's why that story is so significant and that's why it's highlighted. And Seth was born as a replacement to Abel. Because uh, the line of Seth is eventually the line that Jesus would come from. So I think that's why it's important that we highlighted those. But but at 130 years old, um, Seth was born as a replacement. So who knows how many kids they could have had in between that time. I mean, you know, I, there's... Catholic and Jewish and Muslim families out there having, you know, 10, 15 kids. There's Amish families doing it, Uh, homeschool families. They got 10, 15 kids even now. So I imagine having a bunch of kids probably was not even that big of a deal back then. And up until it, it, you know, up until being kicked out of the garden, uh, I guess there were not even labor pains because when. Eve ate the apple that's when God said now having a kid will be painful so it might not even been painful prior to that so they had a bunch of kids and and in rereading it uh it doesn't necessarily indicate that you know cities were full of people it just says there were other people he says everyone I come across will kill me so it makes sense right Uh, Cain uh, there had never been death no one had ever killed anyone and Cain killed Abel and they were all related so can you imagine there's never been death and then finally one of your uncle's cousins brothers kills his brother you're like whoa dude everybody would want some revenge on this guy so they were like, nah, you know, he's like, everybody's going to want to kill me. And so God was like, all right, nobody will kill you. And then, and a lot of this I'm putting together on my own from rereading the Bible, but also it's been very helpful, all the emails I got. And I got a lot of emails from this. I love it. I loved reading. I read all of them. It was all great. Um, and um, so it says that uh, Cain goes into the land of Nod. Uh, But it doesn't say that the land of Nod was uh, full of people. It just says that's where he went. And Nod apparently translates into like wanderer or stranger. And that's what uh, Cain was destined to be, was a wanderer, a stranger. And so um, he met his wife there and then they populated the city of Nod. So Nod could have become a place after cain populated it so i think adam and eve i'm gonna say adam and eve had 16 kids and those kids had to hook up with their brothers and sisters but i think you know it's like now there's birth defects because we're all a bit defective anyway Cain and uh, uh, Adam and Eve were perfect, right? So it probably took a while to get to some birth defects. And so let's say they had 16 kids, eight women, eight men. Then they all had kids. It wouldn't take but a few generations for there to be quite a few people on the earth. And that's what I think happened. That's where I'm going with it. Um, Some people wrote in that, you know, there's a theory that you know, evolution was happening and taking place. And so people were beginning to come about as God created Adam and Eve. Personally, I don't believe in that kind of evolution. I do believe in survival of the fittest type evolution, which is like the Galapagos Islands or whatever, where it's like, if you got birds on there and certain birds have weak beaks and they can't crack the nuts, those... Birds are going to die and only the birds with the strong beaks will live. And then so the strong beaked birds will be mating. And then eventually you have only strong beaked birds because the others couldn't make it. I believe in that. But I don't believe that eventually those strong beaked birds turn into people. I don't believe in that kind of evolution. I don't believe in the evolution of uh living organisms coming out of a, uh, a sludge on the earth that was ignited by uh, uh, electricity from lightning, which is kind of a theory. Um, I don't believe that. I'm not saying it's not real and I'm not saying you're a bad person if you believe it, but I personally don't believe it. I like this uh, and I think this was really fun. I'm going to share another uh, thing that I've been thinking about um and then you know um of course, this will lead to a commandment conversation but i'll I'll keep it light but I like this kind of thing there's a lot of comparisons with Jesus and Moses out there, and I like that I find it very fun, but you know the I'll keep this short the egypt the the Israelites were freed from Egypt and then they were in bondage in Egypt. And then they prayed to God. God said, I'm going to save you. He sent Moses. And then Moses carried them through the Red Sea. Much like God sent Jesus, and then we are saved by the blood of Jesus. We are covered in the blood. We pass through the blood. So that same kind of analogy exists where it's like, you know you you you're in bondage we're in bondage we're out here we're in our sin we're in bond we're slaves to sin and then uh god sends his messenger uh whether it be moses whether it be jesus and then that messenger that shepherd leads his flock through the blood and then we are saved we are saved from our bondage. The Egyptians tried to follow through the blood and and take back their prisoners and the blood redeemed them. The walls of the Red Sea crashed over them and killing them and and the Israelites were free. God's people were free. But where it turns into a commandment talk, which I think is interesting. I just this thought just occurred to me and I started reading the beginning of Exodus after this, and it's great. It's such a good, fun book. Uh, I really was getting into it. Genesis 2. I just started reading Genesis because of this Adam and Eve talk, and those two books are so fun. I mean, when people ask, where can I start reading the Bible at, often people will tell them to go to Proverbs or Psalms, and, and those are great. But I'm like, start at Genesis, And read slow, really take it in. It moves quickly, really take it in. It's very interesting. But so after the Israelites pass through the Red Sea, after they're saved, they are free from their bondage. The gift was free to them and they have been set free. Now they're in the desert. And now that they're in the desert, they're free. They've been saved. People continue to send me emails asking, uh, you 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 believe that Jesus saves, right? And not, not the commandments. And of course, I'm just, you know, so here, here it is. They're saved. They are saved by the blood. And then once they're in the desert, then God gives them the commandments to follow. And I just think that's interesting. I think once you're saved by Jesus, Then you're given this instruction to follow, and I think that's a great analogy. And you know what? The Israelites, the first generation, did not make it into the promised land because they uh, continued to break the covenant. They did not make it into the promised land. It was the next generation that finally made it in there. And I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I don't think the promised land is an analogy to heaven. I think the promised land is an analogy to a better life on earth. I think God is saying, listen, you're saved, but I have better things for you on earth if you will just do what I'm asking you to do. If you will just follow my guidance, then I have a better life for you on earth. I think those people, the Israelites, there still was real heaven for them as there is for us but he was saying, I have a better life for you on earth. You can stay wandering through the desert if you want. You're already saved, so you can wander through the desert, but I have a better life for you on earth if you will just follow my guidance. And that's all I'm saying with commandments. I'm not saying it saves you, but I'm saying it is God's ticket to a better life on earth. That's all I'm saying. I'm pumped up. I'm fired up. I'm having a good time. I hope that you'll come see me in Columbus, Ohio. We'll have a great time. I got some fun jokes about throwing up in the car. It's going to be a great time. We're having a good time. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank <laughs> you.